Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Hey, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John. We'll be there in just a moment. And if you have your Bible, in fact, let's hold it up, or iPhone, iPad, whatever you have. Let's make our confession today. Let's say it together. This is... Today I receive the word, I confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I am obedient, and I will never be the same again, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. That was my fault, we were supposed to run the intro, but that's okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, thank you for your love, thank you for blessing us, thank you for being with us, thank you for, as exactly as Travis said this morning, Lord, we just... If, you, uh, if we know somebody's coming over, we clean house. And so, Lord, we just thank you that you help us to clean house, but you never reject us. And, Lord, we uh, pray today that you would anoint our ears as we look at the scriptures and pray that, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint me today. And at the end of this service, we pray, Father, that you will be glorified, the saints will be edified, and the devil will be terrified. Hey, let me take you back 57 years ago. Some of you are not even that old. To 1967. It's the uh, time in the sports world where more and more black athletes are breaking into the professional game, especially football. And one of those who broke into football was, uh, at that time, was one of my favorite teams, Chicago Bears. And it was Gale Sayers. Gale Sayers. He's one of the best running backs, I think, that ever lived to play the game. And uh, so he came along, and he played alongside of Brian Piccolo. Now, Gail was black, and Brian was white. And they actually roomed together when they would go out of town on football trips. Now, back in that day, that was difficult, because they even had to look around and find a hotel that would allow a black man to come, even though he was part of the uh, football team. So they roomed together. And back then, it was unheard of. Somebody of not your own race was your, 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 your close friend. In fact, if you ever watched the movie, you probably want to see it, Brian's song, even the song that was written about him. But uh, at the height of Gail's career and Brian, Gail did a little bit better. He carried the ball more than Brian. But they were, they were best friends. And Brian was hit by cancer. And so uh, in this video clip, we're going to look at Gail is receiving a sports award, but he says that my friend who's fighting cancer right now is way more deserving of this than myself. And I want you to hear, I want you to hear the heart of Gail Sears as he talks about Brian Piccolo. Watch this. I'd like to say a few words about a guy I know, a friend of mine. His name is Brian Piccolo, and he has the heart of a giant, and that rare form of courage which allows him to kid himself and his opponent, cancer. He has a mental attitude which makes me proud to have a friend who spells out courage 24 hours a day, every day of his life.
And you flatter me by giving me this award. But I say to you here now, Brian Piccolo is the man of courage who should receive the George S. Hallis Award. He's mine tonight. And Brian Piccolo's tomorrow. I love Brian Piccolo. And I'd like all of you to love him too. And tonight, you hit your knees. Please ask God to love him. In their uh, <clears throat> relationship, the beautiful thing about it, <clears throat> when they both talked about their relationship separately, Gail said, Brian is the only white man that I've ever known and that I've, I've loved. He said, I knew my coach, but he said, Brian's the first man, not the same color of me, that I loved. Brian said the same thing. He said, I had no black friends. But he said, Gail became my friend. I wonder who God is going to ask us to reach across the aisle to someone that looks different as uh, we spread the good news of Jesus Christ. I, the thing I love about that speech, and every time I hear it, it just brings me to tears, when he says, I love Brian Piccolo. And I want you to love him too. Wow. I love him. We're talking about great relationships. And uh, I think there are two ingredients that makes a great relationship. You can write these down in your notes. It's love and forgiveness. Love and forgiveness. I'm going to cover the first one today, love. And we'll cover the next one next week, forgiveness. And uh, actually, let me ask you, I'd like for you to go on a journey with me because we're going to do a daily devotion from our U version. So you can uh, shoot that QR code there. You can take your camera out right now and just shoot that, uh, scan that code. And then it'll come up to a Bible study that we're going to do. And it's this one called Awesome, Building Great Relationships by Rick Warren. So if you sign up and accept that, then every morning we're going to be doing that same devotion, talking about building strong relationships. So do that, please. I want to see you comment and see you on there. So let me give you just a couple of things that helps us in our relationship. Be sure I've got the right place today. Anybody could use a little extra help in some relationship of your life? Yeah. I think if you didn't raise your hand, then you're probably dead. You have no really, because life is full of relationships. Some are forced on you that you would have never chosen. So number one, here's what we need to do. Learn from Jesus's example. Learn from Jesus's example. Number one, John 13 and one, look at this. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour, 
had come to leave this world and return to the Father. He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And now, read the last phrase with me. He loved them to the very end. Let's say it again. He loved them to the very end. That just means that he loved them to the uttermost. He loved them to, to the max. He loved them to the end. And, and the amazing thing about Jesus' love, it wasn't fickle. It wasn't, he loves you today, tomorrow he doesn't love you, you know. He, it was not fickle. He chose to love, even though he knew that one of his own would deny him, even one of his own would doubt who he is, and even one of his own would betray him. But look at verses 12 through 14. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, read it with me, you ought to wash each other's feet. I, I look at that and I think, okay, here they are. They're reclining on one elbow as they, you know, on the short table. If you, I was showing you pictures of that before. It wasn't like a sit-down table. It was on their arm. And so they had celebrated communion with the Lord. And I'm sure a, a bunch of grown men, somebody burped and probably somebody passed gas. Somebody's uh, laughing about what's going on and all these things. And then just very quietly in the, monk, in the midst of all their visiting, Jesus gets up. He takes off his outer robe. And he goes over towards a a wash pan that was by the door where if somebody came into your house, it was customary to be able to wash their feet because wearing sandals or sometimes barefoot. But nobody did it evidently on that night. Jesus went over, he picked up the towel, picked up the basin and the water, and the scripture says he washed the disciples' feet. Now, I tried to play that scenario over in my mind because when I read the Bible, I, I try to sort of see that. I mean, Men are there, they're, they're, they're close to Jesus, he loves them, they love him, and he gets up and he gets the wash pan and starts coming. Tim, I, I would imagine if you were there that day, you would have said, oh wait, Jesus, I'll do that, uh, let, me, let me take that, because we would all consider that, you know, that we wouldn't want Jesus to wash our feet, but nobody moves, nobody moves. And so, Jesus washes their feet, and then he says to them, You've seen what I've done, and now you ought to wash. I, I, would think, I would think that he would say, now you get to wash my feet. And I, I can imagine they'd all jump up real quick. I'll be first. I'll do it because it'd be such an honor to wash the feet of Jesus. But Jesus said, now that you've seen what I've done for you, and I want you to wash one another's. In fact, it goes on verse 34 of that chapter. Look at this, verse 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. It doesn't say suggestion, does it? What's it say? Amen. I'm giving you a new commandment. Say this with me slowly, not fast. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Love each other when somebody betrays you. Love each other. Love, some, love someone when they deny you and walk away? Love. One person said, you know, I love mankind. It's just people I can't stand. <laughs> I, I guess we should start putting on glasses 
that are not rose-colored glasses, but glasses that are love tint that I can love. This is what I know. The world is changed by your actions, not your opinions. Everybody's got an opinion, right? They love to put it on Facebook. They've got an opinion. But you're not going to change people. You know, we're coming into another election season and people are going to go actually crazy. What we need to do is pray that God put the right people in, right? That's what we always pray. I pray for my president every day. I pray that he has a Holy Spirit encounter with God. I, 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 I am not going to judge him, but I'm going to pray for him because the Bible says if I pray, then I'm going to live in peace. And so I pray. But I'm praying for the upcoming election. But I'm also not going to post a bunch of my personal opinions that maybe I heard from Uncle Billy Bob or I saw someplace else on the Internet because, after all, you can trust the Internet, right? Not. But people are changed by your actions. By your actions. Number two, tell them you love them. Love is not supposed to be silent or withheld from others. It's to be heard. When I, when I, when I hear those words of, uh, from Gail, I love Brian. I mean, this is publicly. This is just, I mean, he's risking it. Here he is a black man saying, I, I love this white man in a time in which a culture is. You just never did that. I wonder who the Lord is wanting you to reach out and be able to love them. Say, so, well, I'm a man. I don't tell anybody I love them. I don't want anybody to think I'm gay. That's sick. Why would you withhold? It's like the husband who told his wife, well, I told you when we were married, I loved you. If I ever changed my mind, I'll let you know. Come on. No wonder you're so miserable. When we leave out of here today and you go wherever you're going to go, how long does it take for people to recognize that you're a Christ follower? How long does it take for somebody to say, oh, you're, you're one of those Christ followers? On a daily basis. The people that are around you, do they, hear him, do they hear you say to them, I love you? Those of you that are parents, grandparents, before you leave of the day or before you send those kids off to school or wherever they are, you need to look at them right in the eyes and say, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm glad to be your dad. Because you see, what would happen if you never returned home? And that's the last interaction you had with your kids. It's not squabbling about how their hair looks or the clothes or they're running late, but it's letting them know without a shadow of a doubt that you love them. And if you never come back, the things that will echo through their mind over and over and over, what did my, what did my dad say, me, say to me for the last thing? What did he say to me? He said he loved me. And I'm telling you, that covers a multitude of emptiness in hearts. We need to tell people that we love them. Tell your kids. We need to say, you know what? I love you. When I leave the house in the morning or anytime I leave the house and Anita and I uh, will kiss and we'll say, I love you. I don't want to walk out the door arguing. And if I were to go on and go to heaven and then the last thing Anita would think about through the whole memorial and everything is that all the last thing is that we just argued. 
But what about the last thing being simply say, I love you. In fact, 33 years almost now, I've loved you. And I just want you to know I love you from the bottom of my heart. I'm just, um, I, I'm just so thankful for you. Love is not supposed to be kept quiet. Some of you men, the only time you kiss your wife and love her is when you're ready to get a little. It's not your grandma's church, and we got kids sitting next door. You can put them there. Am, am, I, am I telling the truth? And then we wonder, why do I have such a poor relationship? Why is my sex life so bad? Well, your sex life starts in how you treat your spouse way before you go to the bed, the sofa, or the kitchen sink. You say, how did he know that's where we were? I better move on. I'm ready to say dismiss and go home right now. Number three, practice your love. Learn from Jesus' example, tell them you love them, and practice your love. You say, well, how do I practice my love? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to recommend to you a laboratory that's the best laboratory for you to attend and get involved in, and they're called life groups. Life groups. You can't learn to love people unless you're around people to practice love. Well, I don't want to go near people because people just tick me off. It's probably because you're ticked to start with. <laughs> and if that's true, then you're a sorry example of a Christ follower. Let's just get honest. You're a sorry example. Because he said, I want you to love as I have loved you. Uh, life groups, that's how they did it in the church. They met in home-to-home -home in life groups. and there it's a, it's a laboratory for you to learn relational skills and make a difference with your life. Join a life group. Registration starts February the 18th. Say February 18th. Yeah, it's, these are going to be 10 weeks. Is that what they are? This one, 10 weeks. It's not for life. We're going to practice going to practice. And maybe somebody will send somebody to your life group that rubs you the wrong way. You know what? That's God's assignment to you to learn how to practice with somebody. Know what I'm talking about? Well, let's move on. Number four, be willing to pay the price. Be willing to pay the price. Love gets its hands dirty. Love takes a chance. Love gets out of its comfort zone. Somebody said, you know, I've, I've never been much of a hugger, but I realized that in this thing called the kingdom of God, that uh, people hug. Yeah. And so she said, I want to practice. So she hugged me real good. See, sometimes we just might need to practice. Yeah. Practice saying, I love you. I hope that before you ever get in your car today to leave, whoever you came with, you just look at them in the eyeball and say, I just want you to know that I love you. I love you. And never be ashamed of that. My dad, we were raised in the North, and so I don't ever remember my dad saying I love you until I was a grown man. Never. But you know what? The friends that I have, the male friends that I have, we sign off most of our talks and most of our conversation with the last words, love you. 
Got a text this morning from Rick Godwin, my pastor. He just said, just want you to know, I love you. I love you. So we need to practice that and be willing to pay the price. Jesus said, go everywhere in the world. Go where? Everywhere. Tell the good news to everyone. So I would encourage you to live your life that way, but also I would encourage you to go on one of our mission trips. A mission trip is not just about spreading the gospel, but it's about showing the love with your work, whatever you do. And we got a mission trip coming up in September 15th through the 21st to uh, the Yucatan Peninsula to be with the Mayan people. And there'll be all kinds of opportunities for you to serve. And maybe you're not able to serve right now. But with our legacy offering, as we're all praying about what is our legacy offering, part of that is just upgrading some things here, but the majority of that, over 180,000, we're believing for to go strictly to missions. Missions locally, missions nationally, and missions internationally. So those are our legacy seed gifts that we're going to do. So I, I guess it'd really be good today to sort of end this out in talking about how it costs to love and uh, invite our daughter Kelly to come up and share about her recent trip to Greece. How about give her a hand, okay? Kalimera, everybody. All right. So Kelly, give us a little ballpark thought about uh, the trip to Greece, what you thought about before you got there, and then we'll talk about the realistic part. Okay, well, first things first, thank you guys, everybody that was either involved in helping monetarily or helping spiritually with prayer or following along uh, with some of the crazy adventures that happened while I was away for three months. I just want to thank you for the bottom of my heart. You were truly there with me. Um, you have no idea how many... Uh, how many times that things don't actually go according to plan as they are True. on paper. And so True. you just have to wing it. Yeah. And then there sometimes it was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm not alone. Yeah, Even though I was alone. the only person that went, I was not alone. Yeah. And yeah. so I really thank you guys for doing that. Um, I had the many, many opportunities that far exceeded my expectations of what I was going there to do, uh, which was work with people that have been rescued out of human trafficking. Um, and it turned into so many more opportunities than that as far as being able to work with the, the Roma community, which are also known as the gypsies, um, Ukrainian refugees, Syrian refugees, um, people on the streets and prostitute, and also going into the brothels and I think you brought well. some pictures, right? You want to tell I us about, did, and I'm going to have to like not talk over all of them because there were so many different... Um, opportunities, but this all started um, 25 years ago in London when I had yeah. done uh, prostitution recovery there. Um, and so I showed up, and this was just uh, trafficking in general is entirely different than it was even even yeah. five years yeah. ago. Um, they're very very creative. They're usually three steps ahead of the game, and the people that are coming to yeah. to steal. Um, that was being able to speak to, with the Ukrainian refugees. And there were so many things that you get pushed out of your comfort zone because what happens when, <laughs> number one, you're by yourself. Yeah. It's not like I showed up with a crew. Yeah. Um, I knew two people in Greece, and they left the next day for Africa for several <laughs> weeks. So it was like sink or swim, right? Um, but there were so many opportunities to work with these women that had been coming out of trafficking, um, working with these people that had truly had to leave with what was on their back. And here I am, you know, this basically Florida girl coming in like, I just want to love on people. You know, that was just the census of it. But then how do you do that hmm. when, when your language is taken away? Because there was a severe language barrier, sometimes two languages removed through it. Um, and then just what do you do when you're looking at people that 
have gone through the most horrific things imaginable. And here God had to do a lot in my heart because of the things that I had gone through. I um, maybe was still holding on to some some bitterness, some of the thinking of, God, it wasn't supposed to turn out this way. It wasn't supposed to look like this. And just that natural disappointment, but to look in somebody's eyes that truly had nothing. And what are you left with? How do you show the love of Christ to somebody like that? So they challenged me just as much as I got challenged. Awesome. And uh, I... You went with EME, which is Europe and Middle East Ministries, with Gail. Gail's been here to speak with us before. And then also you spent time with uh, uh, Threads, Threads of Hope. Threads of Hope, yeah. yes. And that's one, another one that we sponsor. It's amazing. That's my little booger right there that you guys actually support her, um, his mother. Yes. And his mom is just an amazing woman. She was actually a mother by the time she was a bride at 12. She was a mother by 13. Wow. Um, and so they have these insane stories but they don't have they can come out and they have such life because they're so thankful for just not being a thing anymore um and it's so challenging because it's you know you just you just wonder am i am i doing okay is is this transferring is it being relatable and one of the ladies that um the oldest prostitute that i met was 72 years old 72 and through a translator, she and I just, we just clicked. And there was one night, we were on the streets, it was probably at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, and we were outside one of the little hotels, because believe it or not, these people are being sold for about 5 to 10 euro, which is about $6.50 to about 12. And they're used up to about 30 times a day. So these women are exhausted, these women and men, they're exhausted. And it's just what, how do you, how do you overcompensate that with love? And so here we had the language barrier and everything. And she, she and I just, like I had my head on her shoulder and she just began to kiss my hands. And she would call me Kelly Moo, which means my love. And just kissing my hands, kissing my hands. And I thought, all this woman has known has been abuse. And I asked her, I said, how long, what, how, what age were you when you got started into this? And she said, I'm 72 and I can't remember. Wow. I, this is all I've ever known. Wow, wow. And uh, I, I know you are a stylist, and you went there, and God, it's, it's amazing how God takes what we have yes. and how he can use it to let us just show love. So you want, you want to share this story? I thought that was great. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because I have not um, actively been a hairdresser for quite some time. It's just went into different fields. Um, but before I was going, I really felt like the Lord was like, bring, bring your shears, bring your shears. I'm like, okay, I really don't want to be cutting hair while I'm over there. But the first girl that I bonded with that had been rescued out of trafficking, we're going to call her Blessing, um, she was actually, that's the way she was groomed. That's the way that she was taken, was with the promise. She was Nigerian, and they came into her village with the promise of, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm. And she had always wanted to become a hairdresser. Well, she was the only female out of all, you know, male African men. Will the African men get education, whereas in this case, she did not. Um, so that's actually how the, um, she was trafficked with the false hope of becoming a hairdresser. And so all of these years, she finally gets into trafficking. She was um, removed through, um, through Turkey into Greece, and she was in trafficking for a long time, always had that dream of becoming a hairdresser. And so she um, went to her traffickers after many years of being in service, and she said, I want my freedom. How much for my freedom? And her traffickers told her, you can be free for the amount of 90,000 U.S. dollars. Wow. 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 Talk about hopeless, right? Yeah. 
one of her regular Johns, who was actually a Greek man, actually paid wow. for her freedom. Wow. But then what? She has no education. What is she going to do? How is she going to self-support? So through Threads of Hope, they actually taught her how to sew. They taught her these things. And when she and I met, I thought, this is why I brought my shears. Yeah. And I said, do you want to learn how to cut hair? Like, I mean, Christmas on steroids, you yeah. guys. And so we went and um, just something so simple of just grabbing some of the girls and be like, all right, just follow my lead, follow my lead. And you would have thought like she had just like the crown tiara, the bouquet, everything. <laughs> she was just on top of the yeah. world, excited out of something that I was even reluctant to do. Like it's, it's haircutting, big yeah. whoop, you know, but that big whoop was what, what her whole life was based yeah. around doing. You know, and the beauty, the beauty of it is, is that even in the midst of, you know, going, God, use me, just please, just use me. I just want to show love to people. I still had residue left on me, mm, maybe good. some bitterness, some anger, some comparison with other people and, and different things. And these women that I'm meeting, they had no residue. These wow. people had had to flee. They'd left nothing. Their families had been cursed if they ever tried to get out of trafficking. They had every excuse known to man to not just get up. Yeah. And here they were the ones challenging me of going, okay, God, you said that you wash us whiter than snow and that's yeah. what I want. Yeah. Remove the residue from me. That's good. And that was something that just being a part and be active and just loving people and just showing up, rolling with the punches. Cause I promise you, if you are anal retentive, <laughs> you will get challenged in this because yeah. if they say lunch at four, at uh, lunch at noon, it's lunch at four, yeah. you know, so you have to learn how to bend, but there's a beauty in that too, of just seeing the kaleidoscope yes. of how God has created our skin yes. color, our backgrounds, our cultures, and how beautiful it is when we rally together, hmm. just how unstoppable yeah. that is. So Kelly, what would you say to someone here that's thinking about, well, this year, maybe I should go on a mission trip. Uh, you know, what, what, what would you say to them? Don't dismiss it. Yeah. We have every excuse in the book, our bank accounts, our schedules. My, my mother's second, third birthday is coming up. You know, the, all of these things, we can always use excuses yeah. for it. But if there's something that pins in your heart, I always say you get a warm feeling yeah. kind of in your gut about it. And that won't go away. Step out and find out. Because there's nothing like being boots on the ground of yeah. being out of what's normal to you, what's comfortable for yes. you, and to see how God will surprise you and use you in ways that you didn't even know you had in you. True. Because it's him. Yeah. We're to be his hands and his feet. We're to be salt and light. Awesome. And so if you have any kind of notion, I would challenge anybody, not necessarily what I did, showing up in a country where you don't know anybody, that's a little bit more challenging. We've got groups, we've got teams, yeah. and yeah. there's safety in that and yes. the relationships that come out of that. But the feeling, like you just feel alive yeah. when you know that you can't just rely on, I don't know, memorized Bible verses or the things that you just kind of pull out of your hat by yeah. nature, you know, that sometimes we get in, emotions here when you're thoroughly thoroughly turned out of your element and it's sink or swim awesome. that's the time that god shows up and be yeah. like baby this isn't about yeah. you this is about me just Not be a vessel yeah. yeah well kelly thank you so much we're so proud of thank you. you guys thank you thank you thank you had the opportunity of being in 74 different nations and it brings a lot of memories it makes you realize that the church of Jesus Christ is much bigger than southern bible belt US 
when I was at the Thailand border down where the refugees were coming across from Laos. There's just a big old camp full of kids, thousands of kids. I've never seen so many kids. And I went there to, uh, to do some work and to take some money to help that. And they said, see all these kids? I said, yes. They said, everything they own, they're wearing right now. Because all they've done all their life is run. And while I was there, there was a mortar fire that came into the camp where we were. And they said they know and re- believe that at any moment they could be attacked again and they don't have time to grab a suitcase. So if they own three pairs of shorts, they're wearing them all. If they have two t-shirts, they're wearing those. So responsive to the gospel. I don't know where God is calling you, but I ask you to be open. And if you can't go right now, I ask you to be part of our Leave a Legacy and to give financially. Maybe right now you can't climb down the well, but you can hold the rope for somebody. You can do that. Because you see, what's going to matter one of these days is that when everything is over, and if we've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to spend eternity with him on a new heaven and a new earth. We're not going to float around somewhere. But I want to, I want to share with you a passage of scripture out of John John has this vision, and he sees into heaven. And this is after, you know, the Lord comes back and sets everything up. And he says, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count. They were from every nation, tribe, and people, and language. Standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and the elders and the four living beings, they fell before the throne, their faces to the ground to worship God. These heavenly beings, I don't know that we'll ever really know till we get there what they're like. But when they saw this vast multitude of people who had been redeemed, from every tribe, every nation, and every language. Several months ago, I challenged you to use the little app that pray, what's it called? Uh, people pray for people. Unreached, Joshua, yeah, Unreached of the Day. I'll bring that back again next week and show you. And every morning we pull it up and they say, today we wanna to pray for such and such a group. 32,000 in India today, we want to pray from languages. And Anita and I are overwhelmed every day we do that. And I say, God, please, whatever you have to do, send somebody, Lord, minister to these people, reach these people, don't let them be lost. So when the heavenly beings saw that, they began singing this. Would you read it with me out loud? Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. It's going to be an awesome day. Who are you taking with you? Who are you getting out of your comfort zone, inviting to church, inviting them uh, for a meal, getting to know them to show Christ's love? We're not talking about flippantly throwing around the words, I love you to somebody maybe you don't even know. You know, that word is a big word but I can love them through the love of Christ, even though I don't know them. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let me pray for us today. I, I really feel Holy Spirit.
speaking to some hearts today. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins because somebody has to pay the penalty of sins. The blood has to be shed to pay for the wickedness of sin. And Lord, you sent your son Jesus for you so loved this world that you gave the very best that you have because you didn't want to be alone without us. You wanted to bring us to you. The only way we can come to you today is through Jesus, through Jesus. As you continue to pray today, maybe you're sitting here and you say, you know what? I, I have a really tough time loving. Well, you see, if Christ's love is not in your heart, you're never going to be able to fully love. So if Christ has never come into your heart, if you've never invited Jesus, transferred your trust to him, I want to lead you in a prayer today in this house or online. As the church continues to pray, what I'd love for you to do is that if you say, you know, today I need to make that decision. I need to trust Jesus, invite him into my life. Terry, would you pray with me? Would you just raise your hand right where you're sitting, make eye contact with me and say, yeah, that's me. That's me. I, I want that prayer today. Thank you in the back. Others today. Yeah, that's me. Thank you. Others today. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Those of you watching online, just, just raise your hand. Now, I can give you the words today. And maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but you so wanted to, but you're just, you're, you're just unsure. I can give you the words today, but you have to surrender your heart. Becoming a Christ follower is I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering my heart to trust in the Lord. So let me lead you in a prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to pay the penalty for my sins. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I'm believing right now that Jesus died for my sins. So as best as I know how, for the rest of my life, I want to serve you. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.